Praise the Lord. Ephesians 4 and 22 says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This commandment in Scripture, written by the Apostle Paul to the church of Ephesus and to the church in Monrovia today, is that she put off the old man. And then in Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse 1, this may or may not be the writing of the Apostle Paul. It's really unclear as to who was the actual author, but we know the ultimate author is the Holy Spirit. But Hebrews chapter 12 and 1, another voice says, Wherefore, Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, the grandstands are full of people in the past, men and women of faith that have gone on before us. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In Ephesians chapter 4, we're instructed to put off something. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, we're instructed to lay aside something. I I want you to notice in both of these verses that we read to you, it's something that we have to consciously do. It's not something that just happens to us, but it's something that we consciously make a choice and we're instructed to put something off and to lay something aside. And so today I want to speak for a few moments as we kick off this new year of 2013. And uh, I pray for a witness of the Holy Spirit and a demonstration of His power. But I want to speak about spiritual molting. Spiritual molting today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence and your power. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that destroys every yoke of sin that tries to control our life. And we pray today, Lord Jesus, for victory in this place. We pray for revelation and understanding, Lord God, to flood into the hearts of those that have come to hear the word today. Let us be transformed. Let us be instructed. Let us grow spiritually, Jesus, and let us cast off any parts of us or parts that have come become a part of us that are hindering our relationship with you, our walk with God, and our effectiveness in serving you in this last day. We pray, Lord Jesus, all of these things in faith and ask that you would confirm your word with signs following today in the name of the Lord we pray and everybody said amen praise God I want you to high five somebody right now slip them some skin all right praise God amen 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 praise God it's awesome to be in church today and you may be seated praise God In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. We understand and believe that this is a part of the New Testament conversion experience. That means when a believer puts his or her faith in Jesus Christ, that there is a transition or a change that happens that old things pass away and all things become new. 
But I want to grab your attention today with this reality, that this is not a one-time experience, that it's not something that just happened when you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit or when you truly repented of your sins and were baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. But this is something that is to be accomplished over and over again in the life of a believer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, just a few verses before this, it says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. This renewal of the inward man or renewal of the spirit man or renewal of the mindset is not something that just happened 5, 10, 15, 18 years ago when you were born again. But this is something that God intends that would happen in your spiritual experience periodically and regularly. Amen? Renewal is not a one-time thing. It's a day-by-day process. Now, to, to, to uh, draw a parallel to the physical realm, when we look around us, we see something called the cycle of life. We see it in the seasons, the spring, the summer, the autumn, and the winter. You see the time of year when the seeds are planted, and then we see when the harvest comes, and then the ground looks barren, and then spring springs forth with life again. It's not nearly so obvious here in Southern California as much of uh, uh, the things that we see, the foliage, vegetation, and so forth, stays green year-round. But when you visit other parts where uh, there is a land of extremes, extreme cold, extreme warm, very clear, distinctive seasons, you recognize this very clearly. And uh, the wise man Solomon said that there is a time and season for every purpose under heaven. And uh, he says, to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die. He goes on to say there's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to lose things and a time to gain things, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter and a time to gather together. And he goes on, time to tear, time to sow things that have been torn. There are cycles and seasons in life. It's just a part of life. And I want you to understand something today. I want you to get this point, that there are even cycles and seasons in a person's spiritual life. There are times when you feel closer to God. There are times when you feel spiritually fertile. There are times when you feel great faith and anointing upon your life. But you will also go through seasons in your spiritual experience when you will not feel quite as vital, where you will, won't feel quite as fruitful. You may go through a winter season in your spiritual experience. And if you're a new Christian, it might be kind of frustrating for you and you might think that maybe you failed God or that God has forgotten about you or your faith may even begin to question the reality of the experience that you have. It's no reason to get disappointed or angry or frustrated when you go through a dry season or through a winter season spiritually. Just endure and recognize that spring is on the way. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. It's pretty much guaranteed. Come October, the end of October, the beginning of November, the winter, the, the weather's going to get colder. You're going to have to bring out your sweaters. 
they're going to bring new drinks into Starbucks because it's the holiday season and it's winter and you feel it coming. Wouldn't it be silly for us to get frustrated every time the weather got cold and wonder why, God, why is it getting cold? Why isn't the sun shining and the season warm? Did I do something wrong? Why has this happened? Are you mad at me? Is this going to last forever? No, we recognize the fact that there are cycles and seasons in life. And I want to encourage you to recognize that even as a believer, there are going to be spiritually dry seasons. That you're going to go through times of disappointment. There are going to be times of encouragement, but there are also going to be times when you will experience discouragement. Get ready for it. The Bible says that people will offend you that you're going to be hurt from time to time. Amen. But just get ready for it and realize that season is certain, but it will not last forever. And as we flip the page from 2012 to 2013, the new year is a time of resolutions and turning over a new leaf. And in our spiritual life, there are some things that we will be focusing on, the importance of prayer, the importance of fasting, the importance of reading and studying the Word of God, the importance of making it a priority to be faithful to the house of the Lord, the importance of serving in ministry and letting yourself be refreshed and replenished by the power of the Holy Spirit. But rather than focus today on these resolutions of things that we need to do in the new year to thrive spiritually, I want to focus for a few moments uh, on what we need to release in order to experience what God has for us in this new year. As we read, it said that we are to put off the old man. This is not a one-time experience. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, I have to die every day. So there has to be a releasing and a, uh, uh, basically a putting off and a laying aside of things on a periodic basis. I know we get frustrated with ourselves sometimes because we have progress and we release things and we feel victorious and then it may be four or five months later and we feel discouraged again and we feel defeated again. I want to let you know, I'm not encouraging or saying it's okay to be spiritually inconsistent, but what I am saying is there are seasons and I want to give you hope and I want you to cause you to realize that this will not last forever. In fact, you're stepping into a new season right now and you're getting ready to step into a time of renewed fertility, a renewed, amen, fruitful and God's grace and mercy and power and anointing to be on you. Listen to me, people of God. Your best days are not behind you. You don't have to look into the future to say, look at what God did for me back then. But God's plan is for there to be a refreshing and a renewal, amen, that he will let the spirit flow again in a fresh and a new way in your life. Clap your hands if you believe what I'm saying today. Laying aside and putting off is something you've got to consciously do. And there are some things that you've got to consciously release in order to receive what God has for you in this coming year. I know that uh, sometimes maybe some of us get the misconception that in serving for God, all we do is sit back and let God do it in our lives. But this passage of Scripture says we are to put it off. We are to remove it. We are to lay it aside. It doesn't say that God will melt away the former man. It says you have to put 
off the former man. Amen. The old man. The Bible doesn't say that God's going to melt away the weight and the besetting sins, but it says that we are supposed to lay them aside. You've got to consciously take a step and put effort into this. Uh, amen. Anybody believe that? That's what the word of God says. He wouldn't say it if he didn't mean it. Amen. The apostle Paul wouldn't have put it in there if it just happens automatically. This is something we have to be conscious of as believers to say, I have got to lay aside and put off in order for something new to happen in my life. I don't want to wear out an example that I've used in Scripture, but the Bible does say in Matthew chapter 9 and uh, uh, verse number 16, it says, No man, Jesus said, No man putteth a piece of cloth onto an old garment. Uh, for that which is put in to fill it up, taketh away the garment, and the rent or the tear is made even worse. And then it says, neither do men put wine into old bottles, uh, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out, uh, and the bottles perish. Uh, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. You can't patch up an old garment with new material, and you can't put new wine into old wineskins. There's something about the old material that's not going to work anymore, and there's something about the old wineskins that aren't going to work anymore. Amen. Let me illustrate this point very clearly for you right now. The Lord Jesus was speaking to uh, Pharisees and even followers of John the Baptist indicating that you had an old mindset about God's how God was going to do things. It was an old attitude and mentality that was Old Testament and Old Covenant. I'm ready to pour something fresh and new. And the wine in Scripture is often an example of blessing. It's also an example of the Holy Spirit. God says, I'm ready to pour blessing and favor and Holy Spirit and anointing into your life. But, but let me make it clear. I can't pour this new wine into an old mindset and into an old mentality. I can't pour this year's wine into last year's attitude because the, the, the old attitude has picked up some things along the way that makes it to where if I try to put blessing into the old attitude, all the blessing's going to be spilled and wasted. Amen. So he says you can't get the new blessing of the new wine until you cast away the old wineskin and get a new wineskin. Wineskins were goat skins that were used to hold and preserve these the, the, the juice of the squeezed grapes. And uh, uh, a wineskin was good for a season or a cycle. But when the new wine came in, the word asis is the Greek word for new wine. It means this year's vintage. When the new wine came, you didn't just put it into an old wineskin because the old wineskin with time had begun to corrode and, and weather and creases and cracks became areas where it would leak. And so the old skin wouldn't work with the new blessing that was coming. And I want to tell you today, we're not talking about physical skin of your body or even your flesh. And that's not what Jesus was talking. He was talking about a mindset or an attitude that couldn't receive the blessing that was coming. And I want to tell you today that God has some great things and some new things for life, church, and some great 
great things and some new things for your life. But there's some things that may have happened to your attitude and your mindset along the way that if you don't release it and if you don't let it go, then you're going to forfeit the opportunity for fresh favor and fresh blessing to be released into your life. So I want to encourage somebody today and let you know in order to receive what God has for you, there's some things you need to release and put off and lay aside and let go of in order for the favor and blessing because you can't win with last year's skin. Last year's attitude won't allow you to receive what God has for you. I want to talk to you today, as I mentioned, about spiritual molting. What is molting? Molting is a biological term that describes the manner in which an animal routinely casts off part of its body. Often, but not always, but often the outer layer or covering of the skin, feathers, or fur. Either at a specific time of year or at specific points in the life cycle. This is when an animal sheds its fur for new fur to come in. When a bird releases the old feathers and uncovers the new fresh feathers. Also, animals that release their skin in order for there to be new skin that comes. The whole point with molting is, is that something old has to be released in order for something new to come. And molting is essential to the health, to the growth, and to the vitality of these animals. Somehow, instinctively, biologically, innately, they understand that I can't go to the next level and I can't be healthy and I can't be vital and I can't grow if I try to hold on to this old stuff. There has to be a releasing of this old for the new to come forth. Even with human beings, you may not realize it, but your skin that is on the outer layer of your body is not alive. Did you know that? It's dead. What is underneath is living. And so in humans, the molting process is continuous. You are literally releasing thousands and thousands of skin cells that are dead into the atmosphere being shed every minute. Is that crazy or what? Just think, that's what you're breathing in from the guy that's sitting next to you right now. The molting skin of the human. But uh, one of the interesting things most intriguing, noticeable moltings is that of reptiles and, and more specifically of snakes, many of which biannually shed their skin. And the reason that a snake would uh, begin to molt and the reason that a snake would shed its skin, and I discovered, is that the outer skin of a snake does not grow. It stays the same size. And in order for the snake to grow, he or she has to release the skin. Now, there's a part of the snake skin. I know this is pretty cool looking, huh? Watch. It, it's almost like the snake is like if you were uh, taking off your sock and removing the sock. This snake is consciously putting off the old skin. They find areas that are rough, 
They find areas where there may be twigs or branches or stones that they try to catch the, the, the skin on. And then they move the muscles of their body to put off or to lay aside or to release this old skin so that new life can come. Now, one of the things that I learned about the skin of a snake is there's a part of the skin called the, the brill. And the brill is the covering of the eyes. Did you know that snakes don't have, uh, they, they don't have eyelashes, eyebrows? They don't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Eyelids, that's right. The snake with the big eyelashes. They don't have eyelids. They can't blink. Their eyes are open. So how are they protected? Because we blink to protect our eyes. Eyes are precious. Well, the snake's eyes are protected by a layer of skin that's a part of the skin that comes off called the brill. And whenever it becomes time for the snake to molt and to release its skin, when it's time for that, what happens? The brill comes off as well. And if, when it, when it becomes time, the brill becomes cloudy and milky and the snake begins to get irritable in its skin and it's time to release it because they say the snake can't see clearly anymore and his vision is affected and he becomes irritable. I want to tell you today that there are some things that we pick up along the way that become a part of our mentality and attitude and mindset that if we allow them to stay in our attitude and mindset, they'll begin to make us irritable and they will begin to affect our vision and rather than having faith and rather than looking forward to what God is going to do, we begin to focus on whatever it is that has become trapped in our attitude and spirit and I believe that it is essential and necessary as followers of Jesus Christ as believers to let the skin come off to let that old attitude and mindset be released whatever it is you've got to intentionally put it off so that you can see what God has planned for you so that you can have spiritual vision and so that God's favor can be in your life amen anybody to believe that today. So if you don't release some things, they begin to affect you negatively. So you may wonder, well, what, what do I need to release? What things, Pastor, might be in this old skin that I need to release? Three things real quickly I want to focus on that the Bible declares need to be released. Three things from these passages that we read. Number one, is sinful conduct or sinful habits that have to be released off of us. Number two is negative emotions that have to be released off of us. And number three, what the Bible refers to as weight. Everybody say weight. We are to lay aside the weight. And we're not talking about the weight that you gained over the holidays we're talking about something in terms of spiritual molting that is described as weight. But all three of these things have to do with your mentality or your mindset. Something's happened to my mentality that has allowed me to fall into these habits of sinful conduct or, or to, to harbor these negative emotions or, or to allow this weight to be in my life. What do I need to put off and what do I need to release? A couple scriptures here. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31. But before we go there, I just want to talk a moment about sinful conduct that begins to 
and, and bad habits that come into our life. The Bible says, lay aside the weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Lay aside the sinful actions which easily besets us. And what does that mean? That means it's individualized based on your experience, who you are, and your past. There are sins that tend to beset some people that don't beset other people. Other people are beset by different uh, uh, by, by different habits or conducts that begin to come between them and God and begin to mess with their vitality spiritually. And so you have to recognize yourself, uh, the areas of weakness in your own life. Uh, when they made the old bows for bows and arrows before they were manufactured in a factory, they were made and carved. Uh, but a bow was only as strong as its weakest area. And you had to know where that weak area was because that would, would be the area that could snap. That would be the area that needed to be reinforced. And as a believer, it's important to recognize areas of weakness and things that beset me easily. And I've got to lay aside those sins and recognize that it's keeping me from being everything that God desires for me to be. I don't want to let that one area of my life be a stumbling block going forward, but I want to push it off and I want to lay it aside. And I'm going to share with you in a few moments that there are spiritual warfare weapons that allow us to push off sins that easily beset us. And some of you are struggling with some things today that you haven't struggled with in months. It's been maybe a couple years, but you're struggling with them again. And it's time to pull out the spiritual weapons of warfare so that you can put off again the besetting sins. So the first thing we have to release is besetting sins. The second thing that we have to put off that I mentioned are negative emotions. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 31. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, speaking evil against people, let all of these things be put away from you with all malice. Let that be put away as well. Verse 32, and be ye kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We have to forgive other people the way that God has forgiven us. Anybody been forgiven from a lot from God? We have to practice that with other people. This is how we put off bitterness, wrath, anger, malice, clamor, evil speaking. And then Colossians 3.8, the apostle Paul repeats the same principle. He says, but now ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. These things as a believer are to be put off. I want to tell you today that these emotions, anger and uh, clamor, bitterness, wrath, these negative emotions will affect you. They'll affect you mentally. They'll affect you emotionally. And they'll affect you physically. And so you have to intentionally say, I'm not going to carry this around anymore. I'm losing my vision. I'm becoming irritable. And I need to release some stuff because I want the fresh and new anointing that God has coming my direction. And I've got to realize that I can't get the fresh anointing with the old mindset. I've got to put 
put off all of these things, not just the things that I think are reasonable to release, but I've got to put off all of these negative emotions that will cripple me and keep me from God's best if I keep carrying them around in my attitude. If you're a person that's dealt with any of these emotions, you might ask, well, how in the world am I to get rid of these emotions? How do I get rid of these feelings of anger, bitterness, wrath? Because I want to tell you, I'm trying to help you today and let you know that that you can uh, uh, come and pray and shout and rejoice. But the new anointing requires a new mindset, and it requires a releasing of some things. The Greek word that's used to describe the word put off means to remove or to separate yourself from it. It's something you consciously do. God's not going to do it for you. You've got to choose to put it off, to release it, and to lay it aside. And this is the best way I've found to describe it. I described it this way some time ago, is if you've ever been just walking along, minding your own business, and walking through your house, and bebopping along, and all of a sudden you walk into a spider web. Anybody done that before? Across your face, your clothes, your hair. I don't know what you do. There may be some of you that are super cool, and you just keep walking, and you're like, when I get around the mirror, I'm going to take care of this stuff. In the meantime, it's in my mouth here and in my eyes, and there may be a spider crawling around. I don't know, but we're cool. We'll just deal with this later. That's not how we deal with the spider web. That's not how I deal with it. What do I do? I put it off. Immediately, passionately, vigorously, aggressively, anything that feels like a spider or a spider web is getting off of my face, out of my hair, uh huh, and off my body. It's like... Can anybody relate to that? This is the way we are to handle these negative emotions of anger, wrath, bitterness, malice, because of what someone did to us, because of something that happened in a relationship. We are to not entertain it, not walk around in it, not let it become part of us, but like that old nasty spider in spider web, we're to put it off of us vigorously and immediately and aggressively. Uh-huh. That's what the Bible's saying. We can't, you, can't, you spiritually can't afford to carry this junk around with you. You've got to get it off of you because it'll hinder you. It'll destroy you. And these negative emotions, I'm, I promise you, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. You, anybody ever had a bad dream before? And you wake up, you don't even remember what you dreamed, but you realize that you're depressed or stressed about something? Because of what happened in a dream, what was it? It was negative emotions being inserted into your life, and you see how it makes you feel in a microcosm in a single event. But when those things pile up on you, they begin to affect you very negatively, and it's important to put it off. And I believe it's time for some of us to push off some of those things and to release that because I'm putting off the sin, and I'm also going to put off any hurt or bitterness or wrath or malice. Put it off of me. Amen. You've got to do whatever necessary to remove it from you. Get rid of it and get it off of you. Quit. Whatever negative emotion you are harboring, regardless of who you are harboring it against, you've got to get rid of it. And the Apostle Paul said all. Not some, but all. And here's the other thing. All of us are going to walk into spider webs. Are you with me? It's not a maybe, it's not an if. It's going to happen. 
you're going to be offended. You're going to be hurt. People are going to say things to you and do things to you. It'll happen. And if you think you're immune, God will show you real quick like you're not immune. Somebody's going to offend you and hurt you, and you're going to be ready to lash back and get back at them and make it even. But the Bible says rather than getting back, rather than getting even, you got to put it off. And you're like, how in the world do I do that? That's easily said, but how do I do it? How do I put it off? The second verse there that we read illustrates how to do it. It says, be, be tenderhearted, kindly affection toward one another, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you. The way, are you with me right now, to get rid of this, there's no other way to get rid of it other than to forgive the person that did something wrong to you, to forgive the person that owes a debt against you. And here's the kicker. you got to forgive all. It's so easy to say, well, I can forgive all of these things, but you've got to know the circumstances of this to understand why this is harboring in my spirit. If you knew the circumstances, if you knew the why, then you would understand why I'm still carrying this around with me. I mean, you can sit there and justify it if you want to. That's fine. That's your prerogative. It's up to you. But I'm telling you, there's no new wine coming until you release whatever it is in your spirit uh, that you're holding on to. Hey, listen, God's forgiven you of so much, and he instructed us uh, when they said, how many times should I forgive my brother the same offense? He said, 70 times 7. You know why? Because it's not about them. It's about you. And you can't afford to carry that junk around with you any longer. You've got to release it uh, because God has something fresh. Uh, I want to tell you there's something fresh coming in this year. There's something new coming into your life spiritually, but it only can come when there's somebody that's willing to put it off. I'm going to put this stuff off. I'm going to release it. I'm not going to hold on to it anymore because there's a new anointing coming. There's fresh blessing coming. There's something that's going to renew me spiritually and give me fresh faith and fresh vision. Come on, somebody, let's praise the Lord together right now. As we bring this to a close right now, the, the, the weight is the third thing. So you've got sinful habits that we've got to put off. We've got, secondly, negative emotions, bitterness, anger, malice that has to be released and put off. But the third and final part of this skin that has to come off for God's anointing to come into your life is the weight. Lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. When you look at the word weight there, in the original Greek, it means something that's hooked on. Like something that's hooked on. Something that hinders. Something that keeps you from being able to run quickly. And we shared with you during our studies the last few weeks on Tuesday night about what I believe the weight is. And that is feelings you hold against yourself because of your own mistakes and failures. Once you have released, first of all, once you have released the sin, as you're releasing feelings of bitterness by forgiving people that have done you wrong, 
the third and final thing that has to happen today in order for a new attitude to be issued into your life and a new mindset is you have got to forgive yourself for your own shortcomings, for your own inconsistency, and for your own failure because as long as you hold it against yourself, you can't step into the new anointing. You can't step into the new effectiveness. You can't step into the new uh, uh, level of, uh, of consistency that God is allowing, going to allow to happen in your life. See, when somebody's truly a believer, Satan has a hard time getting them to change their direction. So what does he want to do? Weigh them down so that when they fall, they stay down. They're still facing towards God, but they're, but they're down and they're under it. Uh, and I believe perhaps that some of you, it's not the sin that's your greatest problem. It's the weight of the past uh, that you are carrying. That's the problem. Amen. And that's what opens up your mind and your heart to sin. You've got to release that and to forgive yourself. Uh, amen. For God to be able to do something fresh and new in your life. Amen. The weight and the sin has to be dealt with so that you can run. And we know that laying aside sin, first of all, has to do with making things right with God and asking God for forgiveness. But the second thing that has to happen is, the second part is I've got to forgive myself and love myself, amen, unconditionally. How did Whitney Houston say it? She said, the greatest love of all. <laughs> Remember that song? I know it was a funny song. But the message was true. It's not the greatest love, but it's a very important love. Learning to love yourself rather than punishing yourself for your mistakes and failures and shortcomings and inconsistency. Somebody here needs to lay aside the weight. You need to put it off. It's not going to melt off of you just because I preach this message. You've got to say, okay, pastor, I believe the word, and I'm releasing this, and I'm letting go of these negative feelings I have about myself. Because the Bible says, I, I love this, and we used this illustration a few weeks ago. I just want to remind you, and some of you weren't there. I want you to hear this. The, the, the biblical word for love from God is agape. But the human love, there's two types of human love. Eros and Philios. Eros is sexual love. Philios is mutual love. When you love someone and love being with them because of the way they make you feel, it's a mutual appreciation and love. This is Philio. And this is the best love that a human being can muster. Because agape love goes to the next level. And it's love that's extended without any expectation of it being returned. It's love that keeps being extended even when it's hurt and mistreated. Amen. And ignored and walked away from and offended. It's love that continues. This is the love of God. It's agape. It's not conditional. It's not based on the way that we treat God. But it's agape that keeps continuing our direction. First of all, you need to understand that God loves you regardless regardless of your performance, regardless of your success, regardless of your failures, regardless of your inconsistency, all of these things don't affect how much God loves you. But the passage of Scripture that you are familiar with, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Or it's basically saying, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It uses the word translated agape. 
to love your neighbor not based on how they're treating you, not based on how they perform, and not based on how good they are, but you just keep loving them. That's, that's amazing. That takes Holy Ghost power, right? That, that, takes, that takes spiritual anointing to happen. But the verse goes on to say, as you agape yourself. Think about that right now. I have to learn to love myself regardless of my own failures and inconsistencies and stumbles. That takes the power of the Spirit, but it starts with somebody saying, I refuse to hold myself hostage any longer because of my own mistakes and shortcomings and failures. God's got an anointing for my life. If he loves me, why can't I love myself? If he's got promises for my life, I've got to receive the promises for my life. But if I refuse to accept God's love and I refuse to love myself and decide I've been carrying these negative feelings about myself for so long, it feels like part of me. It is part of me. It's a part of you that needs to molt off of you so that you can become a new creature in Jesus Christ. There's fresh vision coming your way. There's fresh anointing coming your way. There's fresh fruitfulness that's coming your way. But some of you need to get around a rock and begin to rub up against it and say, I need to rub up against the rock of ages and get this trash off of me because i got to put it off. I've got to lay it aside. Well, put your hands together and praise the Lord right now. Thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The weight, what may have got you down, is what has stopped the flow in your life. That's why you feel unfruitful, and you need to lay it aside. Put aside the weight, put aside the sin. Put aside the negative emotions. Don't sit and ask me to do it. And don't wait for God to do it. This is something that you've got to do. You've got to push it off. I see people's lives being a product of their attitude. Are you listening to me right now? This is Bible. This is not positive PMA stuff, positive mental attitude. This is Bible. I see your attitude or mindset or way you think, way you process things as being influential. And, and rudimentary to your success or failure in life. And I see people who carry around with them a negative attitude about themselves and about their situation, and they end up staying in that situation year after year after year. And I'm like, God wants to bless you, but he cannot bless that attitude and that mindset of self-pity and being a victim and having all of this mindset about yourself uh, that nobody loves me and everybody's out to get me. Amen. It's a human nature. Remember as a little boy sitting in the corner. Mom, nobody loves me. <laughs> nobody cares about me. But I'm thankful for the way my mom dealt with me. She didn't come over. Oh, yes, we love you, baby. You're okay. We love you. Get up. Come on. She's like, get up off the floor. Some of you need God to do that to you right now. Get up off the floor. That is foolish. Your mom and dad love you. Your dad goes to work every day to put food on the table. We got a bed for you to sleep in. We'll fight, we'll, we'll fight a bear with a toothpick for you. We love you. Shut up that old attitude and get up and realize that we love you. Somebody needs to get that attitude in your spirit. And let the preacher say it today. Get rid of that foolish old attitude and say, I believe that I'm blessed and highly favored of God. Amen. 
but I've been done wrong. I've been mistreated. I didn't get the breaks. This bad thing happened in my life. Oh, pity, 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 pity. And wonder why there's no favor and blessing coming your way. You've got to start the process. You've got to peel that trash off of you and be a new creature in Jesus Christ. God can't bless that mindset. God can't pour wine into that old attitude you've been carrying around for weeks and months and maybe even years. It's time in 2013 to come out of that old mindset, to, to molt from that old skin so that you can receive God's favor and anointing. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, praise the Lord with me. Come on, praise him right now. I feel the holy witness in the house right now. Because I believe once the weight is gone, once the shame is gone, once the sins are laid aside, laid aside, once those negative emotions are released, there is a fresh anointing that's coming your direction. Can I talk about that for a moment right now? There's a fresh renewal. Amen. There's revitalized excitement. Remember what it felt like when you were a new believer in Christ Jesus? God wants to put that emotion back into your spirit. You may say, well, it's not about emotions. It's about being saved. Well, why does the Bible say that God's going to give you righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? It's not just about making you right. Two-thirds of the equation is making you feel good. Joy and peace are in the Holy Spirit. And God wants to put some joy back in somebody's life. God wants to take some, um, uh, some unrest and some stress and some anxiety out of some lives and put peace in it. There's a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost that's ready to pour into somebody's life. You gotta lay it aside. You gotta take it off. You gotta forcefully say, I'm not walking out of here with that attitude. I'm not walking out of here with that mindset. Pastor can't do it for you. Your neighbor can't peel it off for you. You've got to make up your mind. I'm leaving here a transformed individual. I'm leaving here with a new mindset. I want to, I want to re reprogram my mind for blessing, reprogram my mind for favor, reprogram my mind to be anointed with God's purpose. Second Corinthians 10 and 4, last scripture today. Second Corinthians 10 and 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Everybody point to your head. This is the old wineskin. But the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are designed to pull down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me make that just real plain for you. The Bible says there are weapons of spiritual warfare that you have that are not physical weapons, for physical battle like guns or shields or spears or these types of things. But they are spiritual weapons for spiritual warfare and they are designed for this purpose, 
to pull down strongholds, to cast down imaginations, to help us deal with every high thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I used to preach and teach uh, that those types of things, casting down, imagine every high thing is on, that that's what we're supposed to do. But the Bible is letting me know that this is what our spiritual warfare weapons enable us to do. You can't do this uh, just by your own willpower and you can't do this uh, just by saying, okay, I'm ready to change my mind. I'm ready to walk out of here with a changed mind. You have to engage spiritual weapons of warfare, amen, you have to decide, I'm going to pull out uh, this sword, I'm going to pull out uh, this gun, I'm going to pull out this tool of warfare that I have been given, and it's going to enable me to pull down a stronghold. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a thought or a mindset that keeps us from obeying Christ and receiving his best. Did you get that? I'll say it again. A stronghold is a thought or a mindset. Well, what a literal stronghold was like a hiding place in the mountain, a little hole or cave that people would would stay in and shoot arrows out of. And you had to go up and, and seize the stronghold so that you could make progress in battle. Well, this is something that happens in your mind. It's a thought or a mindset that fights against you in your own head. You're opposing yourself, not even knowing it. There's a stronghold, an enemy stronghold, a thought or an idea or a mindset that keeps you down. But the Bible says there is power through your weapons of spiritual warfare to pull down strongholds, to cast down these thoughts and these imaginations that keep you from being able to move forward to where God wants you to be and what God wants you to do. That's why I believe as we enter into this new season as a part of spiritual molting, we have got to access and utilize the spiritual weapons of warfare. The Word of God prayer, fasting, the word of God, prayer, and fasting enables us to cast down, to remove, to lay aside, to put off. And let me remind you, this is not something we do one time. This is not something I did in 1997 when the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit and I cast down my imagination and I, and I let the Holy Spirit deliver me and I prayed and I fasted. No, this is a part of the cycle of a Christian's life that you may have fasted seven days in a row in 2007, but you got some new skin that wants to come forth, amen, and you've got to release that old so that the new skin can receive the new anointing. You've got to intentionally say, I'm going to engage spiritual warfare weapons. That stuff you hadn't been able to shake off, even though you tried, you come to church, you prayed about it, you hadn't been able to shake it off, there's a weapon for that. There's a weapon for that. Remember when Jesus said when they couldn't cast out the evil spirit? He said, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. Anybody, can we admit that fasting's a little bit rough? Amen. Like the branch of a tree or a rock that that snake goes by to remove the skin. It's a little bit rough. But I promise you one thing. 
it'll remove that junk. It'll help you to remove as you consciously say, I'm not going to carry this attitude around anymore. I'm not going to keep in, involved in these sinful habits that I've picked up the last few months. I'm not going to keep falling into the same pit over and over and over and over and over again. I'm going to be delivered and set free. There is power through prayer and fasting. See, sometimes we pray and fast for miracles outside, and that's great, but what really needs to happen is something inside, because once you get the inside right, or once you get the skin changed, then the favor and the new wine and the new anointing can come. New faith, new vision, new fruitfulness. Check this out. I looked it up online last night. There is something called forced molting, and it is used in the egg manufacturing, egg production industry. What they do is they can force an entire hen house of hens to molt simultaneously. And so they do it. Why do they do this? There's a reason why. Because while the chicken, or the hen if you want to call it, is molting, for about two weeks, the reproductive process stops and no eggs are laid. During the molting process, the reproductive uh, elements of that hen are replenished and restored and renewed. And when the old is cast off, and when the new feathers become visible, after that two weeks, there is an amazing renewal of fruitfulness in production of eggs. So not only is there clearer vision after molting, but after molting there is great fruitfulness again. So that hen whose egg production has been dwindling, dwindling almost down to nothing, after that process of molting, it's like the hen is reborn in its reproductive capacity. And all of a sudden there is production, 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 production. So here's the fun part. Do you know how they do forced molting? Real simple. I promise I read this right, right out of the encyclopedia or Wikipedia. But the same is said in the encyclopedia. They withdraw the feed from the hens for a period of 7 to 14 days or they change up the diet dramatically and take certain elements out of the diet and it produces a forced molting. And at the end of the process, there is a renewed efficiency of productivity. Huh. Huh. This kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. I want you to notice that passage that we read about the new bottles for the new wine. Did you know that that was a response to a question that Jesus was addressed about fasting? Why do your disciples not fast? The disciples of John fast. Why do your disciples not fast? The Lord says, well, the bridegroom's with them, but when the bridegroom's gone, then they will fast. And then he said, by the way, you can't put an old patch or a new patch into an old garment and fix the tear, and you can't put new wine into old wineskins. There is a connection, amen, between fasting and releasing the old and 
letting something new happen. And some of you that I just mentioned that you've been carrying this and you tried to release and it didn't happen, you struggled with it, it's time to say, okay, we're going to force this molting. We're going to force the issue. Amen. There's going to be a spiritual time in my life where I'm going to do one of the hardest things it's humanly possible to do is I'm going to withdraw consciously the feed from myself. Amen. And I'm going to just drink water or I'm just going to do a Daniel fast for 14 days or I'm going to do a total fast for three days or I'm going to start with my mind and do this media fast and withdraw it from my mind so that something can die and something can be reborn. Let me tell you something about fasting. You don't feel the effects of it while you're doing it. In fact, you feel miserable while you're fasting. Amen? Can I get a witness in the house? You got headaches, your stomach's growling, you feel miserable, you got no energy and you feel like what a waste to sit here and not eat this food when there's food all around me. But I'm consciously withdrawing feed because I'm getting ready to molt. I'm getting ready to release. I'm getting ready to put away some old attitudes and mindsets and fears and anxieties and doubts that have attached themselves to my mind so that when I come out of this season, I can produce. I can be fruitful. I can bear much fruit as the Bible has commanded me to do. And the Lord's spirit and the Lord's work can be done in my life. Why don't we stand together right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Everything starts with a decision. It can be a quick decision. It can be something mulled over for a while. It can be something that's mulled over during the course of preaching. It can be something that shifts in your mind supernaturally as the word of God transforms. I want to make sure you understand this, that this change that I'm talking about doesn't happen just because you make a conscious choice, but it's supernaturally assisted. The word of God brings about the change and the Holy Spirit begins to move and begin to work. The Bible says the carnal mind cannot please God. My old physical fleshly way of thinking, I can't just change my mind, but there's got to be a spiritual transformation that takes place in this molting process. I want us to gather up around the front for a few moments. Our guests, our friends, our church members, everybody. I want to invite you to come forward because we're going to pray together for a few moments before we leave here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Pasadena campus Monday through Friday, 7 in the morning. If anybody wants to come by and pray, pray it'll be available. You can pray in your house. You can come by there, but somehow make a conscious decision. I've got to get back on, on track in these spiritual disciplines. But right now, we're going to pray with one another in this place. Look at me. I want you to be blessed. I don't want you to have to survive on something that happened two or three years ago have to kind of drag your faith through based on an experience that's old. I don't want that for you. I don't think
think that's God's plan for your life. There's new wine. There's aces. There's this year's anointing. This year's blessing. But God can't put this year's blessing in last year's attitude. Last year's attitude's picked up too much junk along the way. It needs to be released. It needs to be let off. Those feelings that you have about yourself, you've got to let them go. Those feelings that you have about a brother or sister or friend or neighbor or somebody that hurt you, you've got to release it. It may have been something that happened as recently as this last week or something that's six months. Some of it may be something that's years old that you never let go of and it's keeping you from experiencing God's blessings. I'm telling you right now, listen, I'm telling you, put it off. I'm instructing you by the word of God to lay it aside. It's going to hinder you. Fresh anointing coming in your direction. I want you to pray. Reach over and pray with somebody right now because we're going to pray in the name of the Lord. Because there's fresh blessing and fresh anointing that's coming, coming your direction. But some of you need to writhe and wriggle a little bit till you get out of that old attitude. Hakata, shirosata. Name of Jesus, I refuse to be bound up by this anymore. I refuse to let it affect my vision and my destiny. God, I intend to forgive. I'm going to forgive right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to be empowered by your spirit to lay aside some habits and some sins. Come on, that's it. Pray for one another right now in this place. Hallelujah. Those hard feelings aren't worth it. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. instruct you for a minute right now.
There's going to be a fresh baptism of anointing coming into this house. But the first step right now is there are some of us that need to release some things through repentance. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We need to do two things. Number one is we need to ask God to forgive us and to give us strength to live in victory. And secondly, we need to consciously say, I'm not going to hold this against myself anymore. It's foolish for me to hold it against myself if God's not holding it against me any longer. And we're going to do that right now. We're going to release some things. Can we pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would forgive me of my mistakes and failures and weaknesses. Times that I have failed you, Lord God, and I've disobeyed your law, and I've made a mockery of your grace. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus sincerely today for your forgiveness. I want to walk in new life, Lord God. I want to lay that aside. It's been besetting me the last few months, and I want to be set free from it. God, I first of all pray that you would forgive me and give me strength to live in victory. In Jesus' name, wash me and cleanse me right now. Hallelujah. Listen to me right now. The Lord God has forgiven you. If you asked him to, he has forgiven you. Can you rejoice right now that you've been forgiven of every failure, every shortcoming, every weakness, and every sin? Can you rejoice in that right now? the second thing I want you to do now is I want you to forgive yourself because this is very important because just because God forgave you does not remove it in terms of a weight you've got to forgive yourself now and we're just going to pray a prayer right now that communicates that Lord Jesus I know that you've forgiven me I know that your blood has washed away the stain of this sin on my life. And you have made it in my life as if it never happened in your sight. But Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you would enable me not to carry the residue of guilt or condemnation from this thing. But I pray that you would empower me right now to release feelings of guilt and condemnation that can begin to weigh me down I want to be set free from it today so that I can run with patience God I pray come on pray this prayer right now because there's a, a freedom and a liberty and a deliverance that's about to flow into this place right now Lord, I'm consciously deciding that I'm not going to carry these feelings anymore. I'm releasing them. I'm laying them at your feet. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I feel forgiven, forgiven by God, and I forgive myself right now. you just to lift up your hands. <laughs> just lift up your hands all across because the Holy Ghost is going to begin to fall in this place. I just want you to praise the Lord and let your tongue go. There's a fresh, fresh baptism of the Spirit.
praise him just for a minute right now. Something's about to break loose in your life. A new anointing, fresh, 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 fresh. let God do what he wants to do. The Apostle Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Some things I've got to forget. 
release the things that are behind and reach forward for what God has for us. Amen. Praise God. Let's just once more raise our hands and give thanks to the Lord for what He's doing, what He's spoken to us. encourage somebody here today that this is an encouraging time, an exciting time. You've heard from God today, but this is not the end of the process. This is what starts the removal. There's got to be something that moves you to the place of prayer. And as a church, we want to try to help make that uh, uh, happen more easily, more naturally. And that's why we're doing this time of, of focused fasting and prayer over this month. Uh, this particular week, there's not anything that's uh, scheduled, but if you wanted to begin, you can begin uh, fasting. You can begin uh, uh, a time of uh, a media fast. Um, but uh, I just want to encourage you to understand that, that the word that you heard today and what you're feeling right now is the beginning of the process. Don't just walk out of here and say, this is done. But let that hunger in your spirit just grow and let God continue what he started today. Amen. Amen. Would you give God praise? Amen for what we heard today. Just where you're at, lift him up. Thank you, Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Some are still praying. Continue to pray. Hallelujah. But we're going we're gonna to pray this prayer together as some are still praying. That we internalize what we heard. And that we will become that new creature that Jesus is wanting us to become. Would you pray that prayer? Say, Lord, let me become that new creature. Amen. If you're with your family, you can get close with your family. If you're with a brother, pray with another brother. With your close to another sister, would you pray for one another right now? Let's, let's ask him to create that new thing in us. Jesus, we thank you. God for this great word that we heard God from you Jesus I pray that you would allow us Lord to receive that transference God of the newness that you want to give us Jesus that we would open our minds and our hearts to receive it Lord and to become it Lord we are new creatures in you Jesus God you create new things God you can speak life in things that were once dead God you can create things with your word hallelujah Jesus create in me a new thing create in me a new thing Jesus the word of God has creative power so I encourage you to stay in the word of God and watch him create things in your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Continue to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Once you've done that, would you greet someone and tell them that you love them, that you care for them, you're praying for them, and we'll see you, amen, on Tuesday at our midweek Bible study here in the programming center. God bless you. Amen. And if reminder to all of our guests, Go ahead and make your way to the pastor's reception where you get the opportunity to meet Pastor Brown. God bless you.